0: I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy.
1: And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For
0: ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove.
1: Hello, dear. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: Well, I just put some nail polish on my hand and inevitably I'm holding my hand in that way that you're like, You don't have to hold your hand like that. <laughs> but ever since I've started painting my nails, I do this thing where I kind of hold it like, like a, a claw. Like a claw, uh, don't touch
1: this claw. Oh, uh,
0: stay away. And that's, I only also ever do one hand at a time. Yeah. So like my left hand right now, very expressive.
1: <laughs> um
0: but other than that. Right I'm doing hand great.
1: completely frozen immobile.
0: You know, I spent the weekend doing some Gardening,
1: mm-hmm. planting
0: some bulbs.
1: Had to redo your nails.
0: I had to redo my nails, yeah. I
1: also redid my nails. Um, I am exploring the world of press-ons. <gasps> and so, Welcome
0: to the world of press-ons!
1: <laughs> so my nails are are the longest I've had in a very long time because they are indeed fake.
0: Now, we are not talking about nails. No, I mean we're we're we right
1: now talking about nails? Right, but that's not what this show is about. No, we're just, just a pleasant sidebar.
0: We have uh another biography episode that I'm very excited about because uh, uh the little glimpse that mm-hmm. I've had into this person's life, I'm like, "Oh, okay, but until we started talking about doing an episode about them, I knew zero, zilch
1: about uh, this person." But you you didn't take any dance classes until college right i didn't
0: well i took one uh modern dance class in college Mm because it was required and to say i was phoning it in is a lie because that would imply (laughs) that i picked up the phone and i was on it i was maybe paging it in you know that would maybe be more accurate where i kept getting the notification like call me back and i'd be like i will and then i forgot and i lost my you showed up Man. Yeah, most of the time, yeah, sure, Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, yeah. in body, yeah, <laughs> my physical, corporeal form was there.
1: Okay, well, I actually danced at a dance studio for 14 years before going into musical theater and also dancing throughout college. Mm-hmm. Um, my first love, actually, I would say, is dance, is ballet, I'm not your first love? Wait a minute. No, I started taking ballet lessons when I was like three or four.
0: I mean, sure, but then you met me and you figured out well, what love really was and you're like, well, I've never truly loved before this, right?
1: Sure. Now,
0: hold on. That, uh, you want to take another run at that line? Because yeah. it wasn't as... Uh, all right.
1: <laughs> but on with my story. <clears throat> oh. I really enjoyed ballet. Um, I, as, as a developing woman, uh, do not have a ballet body.
0: By which you mean, to be clear, you do not have the body that a, a professional ballerina would be expected to have. Yes. Okay.
1: Um, because much, in, I
0: would say, much like beach body, anybody that does ballet is ballet body.
1: Okay. Uh, in two ways. One, my figure is is wider and larger than most ballet dancers. Expectation.
0: Just want so to make it clear. The
1: expectation. Yes. Because I think your
0: body is beautiful and you should be proud of it.
1: Thank you. And my feet physically are not well suited for point dancing.
0: Now that I can't argue with because that is just a physical truth.
1: It is a physical truth. My first toe, which takes a large amount of pressure on point, is much shorter than the rest, only by about a centimeter Centimeter and a half.
0: But it still doesn't work for on it's, point.
1: No, it is not good for point shoes. Um, I would have to invest in special boxes, special cushions. It's toe
0: surgery, maybe.
1: I mean, maybe.
0: To get implants?
1: Is that a thing? No, they would shorten the other toes, I think.
0: Oh boy. Okay. Yeah.
1: Anyway. Um it's it was it just wasn't feasible for my body. So I have always loved ballet. I love dancing, but Point was not for me. It wasn't in the cards.
0: Okay, so who are we talking about?
1: We are talking about a person who revolutionized American ballet uh-huh. and was known as America's first prima ballerina. Okay. The co-founder of the New York City Ballet. Uh-huh. And an indigenous person. Okay. Maria Tallchief.
0: Okay. Now I'm just gonna go ahead and lay my cards on the table of ignorance. A prima ballerina, I mean, I know like prima donna from Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. opera, so I assume it's like super good dancer, like lead person. Yes. But is that like a title you get of just like, if you are a prima ballerina, then everybody's like, oh, then we should hire them? Or is it like you are hired to be the prima ballerina of a company?
1: Um, I think that they kind of go back and forth in the way of once you are hired as a prima ballerina, you can then bill yourself as prima oh, ballerina.
0: So it's kind of like being an ingenue or being like once you have that like, oh, them, they are prima ballerina. Like, you know, they can deliver a prima ballerina performance. They can lead a movie like a, being a movie star.
1: Yeah. 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 OK. So there is the title prima ballerina in ballet companies.
0: Yeah, where it's like the lead. Yeah. Okay. And then but there's the primo you, ballerino.
1: <laughs> you kind of get that by being the lead in a company, you know?
0: And once you're leading a company, it shows that you can lead a company, and then the are just like, okay. Exactly. I guess that kind of makes sense.
1: Um, So... Maria Tallchief was born Elizabeth Marie Tallchief in Fairfax, Oklahoma on January 24th, 1925. She was born right in the middle of the Osage Reservation to her Scotch Irish mother, Ruth Porter Tallchief, and her father, Alexander Joseph Tallchief, who was a member of the Osage Nation. Got it. And the tall chief name was one of great power within I mean, the Osage Nation.
0: Yeah. The two combinations of those words both imply, like, doing great.
1: Indeed. Uh, Maria's great-grandfather, Peter Bighart, had helped negotiate for the tribe concerning the oil reserve the reservation sat on. Okay. She was then fairly well off as far as, as people go because... She she felt as if, as a young girl, quote, uh, "I felt my father owned the town."
0: <gasps> okay
1: which is, is pretty like, cool.
0: I mean, I felt like my dad was the most popular person in town because he yeah. grew up on there, and maybe that was true. But then I also look back on it now, and a lot of people were just like, hey, Clint. And he'd be like, hey, man. And then I'd be like, who's that guy? And he'd be like, I don't know. And I'd be like, oh, I don't think my dad knew as many people as I think he did at the time, because everyone knew his voice.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And I also don't know that being the most popular man in Huntington is necessarily <laughs> the like feather in one's cap that I thought it was at the time, but it's neither here nor there.
1: Um, So, not to say that everything was a bed of roses, right? Um, In addition to personal struggles, uh, her father was an alcoholic and her parents were known to fight often about money. Um, The year that tall chief was born her father's tribe was dealing with the tail end of the osage reign of terror Mm. which was a series of murders that devastated their community um from 1921 to 1925 tribe members were targeted for their land oh boy yeah not not awesome um yeah
0: you know what i'm gonna say that's a bit of an understatement yeah yeah it's pretty terrible
1: uh so growing up as a Native American in a small Oklahoma town uh it could be rough but Maria soon found her passion and solace dance
0: they had troubles and that's when they found the art. And I'm like, yes,
1: yes. you mean
0: up comedy made it all better? The guitar le- gave them a voice when they had no voice? That to me is just like, ah. and listen, that's why those movies and stories exist. Mm-hmm. So that you're like, maybe for me, it's the guitar. It's not for me, just in case <laughs> it, it was isn't. one thing. For me, it's podcasting. I don't know if a movie <laughs> or me <laughs> to
1: You have too much arthritis in your hands for guitar, really. That's
0: true, and also uh, laziness.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's in your hands, too. And my whole body. Go on. <laughs> um, her mother dreamed of, have, of being a performer, but they didn't have the funds uh, when she was growing up to take lessons. Her mother made sure that both Maria and her sister were able to take lessons, uh, dance lessons, and concert piano lessons.
0: I'm narrowing my eyes because the combination of things you just said
1: right it's very stage mom yeah we've both grown (laughs) up doing
0: theater and that she dreamed of doing it so she made sure her daughter and it's like oh no and i'm gonna say stage parent because i know lots of dads like that too and i bet there's non-binary parents out there who are also like that and that idea of like i didn't have it i think about that now living
1: vicariously through your children
0: oh my god every time bb like is like interested in jokes i'm like
1: Maybe, stand up, maybe she could be a stand-up comic. Okay. Although
0: the other side too, of when we went and looked at a the theater and there was a pretty set on the stage, and, she, and I said, only actors get to go on the set. And she goes, then I want to be an actor. And I thought, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> didn't she say also i want to touch it
0: she did i want to yeah. touch it i said you know I'll and she goes well, why not and i said you're going to be an actor and she goes then i'm going to become an actor and i'm going to touch it
1: okay well um well reasoned not not a ton of opportunities for dance teachers to come through their area and so the first one that they had uh she and her sister um was bad 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 teacher They skipped over the basics and put Tall Chief on point way too soon.
0: Whoa! Yeah, you got to work up to that.
1: Yeah, she was just five years old. No. Yeah, that's Bebe now. No. Um, And you know, like I like I talked about earlier with my feet. it's typically discouraged to put children under 11. Really, you should wait until you're 13 or 14. Not developing anymore. No more bone growth. Right. The bones need to solidify because kids' bones, they're... They're little, like jelly. Little little wibbly wobbly. You got little, jelly bones. Little rubber. Uh, so after you're 11, your bones are typically pretty strong and you have developed the muscle around the bones to be able to support them, You should right? be able
0: to crush walnuts with your toes.
1: <laughs> I don't know about that, but I do know that starting early can permanently damage your yep. bones. And thankfully, Maria was not with this company for a long Very time, good. with this okay. teacher. Um, and so they moved to LA so that she and her sister could, you know, get... get Better teachers and stuff. More yeah. opportunity. Didn't have a plan though.
0: Okay. Kinda, well
1: kinda just got there. Kinda just left and and moved to LA. Um and the story goes that the day they arrived in LA, her mother asked a clerk at a local drugstore if he knew any good dance teachers. Oh
0: boy. Oh boy. A real get off the bus with ten cents and a dream, right?
1: Yeah. Uh lucky for them. <laughs> the clerk was weirdly helpful.
0: You know, can I just say, I am a sucker for like a biopic or biopic. Mm -hmm. I can never remember the right way to say it. But that moment where it's just like, well, funny you should mention it, actually. My wife is the lead teacher here in L.A. Okay, go on.
1: Uh, He recommended the teacher, Ernest Belcher, who was the father of Marge Champion. Now, you may not have heard, Travis, of Marge Champion. I haven't. But you have definitely seen her she was the dance model for classic disney characters like the blue fairy (gasps) in pinocchio yeah uh hyacinth hippo in the dance of the hours that was the one i was gonna say yeah fantasia Fantasia.
0: oh i love it sorry and snow white (gasps) get out
1: totes do you
0: know the interesting fact about snow white's voice and i know you do because i've told you before i do but tell our listeners they made her sign it was her first ever Uh, like voiceover gig and they made her like sign a contract that said she would never do another voiceover gig because they wanted the voice of snow white to never be like used for commercials or sold as a thing of like, with the voice of snow white Mm -hmm. in a thing. And so they basically like signed it to that, but you can hear her voice in one other thing. And it's the song about uh, the when you get to Oz in The Wizard of Oz, in one of the, if I only had a heart or a brain or the courage.
1: Wherefore art thou, Romeo?
0: Yeah, that's the voice of Snow White. Mm-hmm. Uncredited. Right. Because of legality reasons. And I think unpaid for the same reasons. Who knows? But yeah, not so much a fun fact.
1: Uh, but a true one.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so thankfully... This was a great place for Maria. She uh, thrived in this studio, even learned things like tap and Spanish dancing and acrobatics and tumbling and things like that, uh, which, you know, were not not her passion, like ballet. But it's good
0: to know, because you can incorporate ideas and mm-hmm. influences and stuff into other mm-hmm. things.
1: Um, so then, here's, here's something that actually often happens
0: i can't wait to hear what it is but first how about a thank you note know for our sponsors okay this week we want to write a thank you note to doordash oh doordash what would i do without you doordash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door it is I, revolutionary right we use DoorDash at this point right to get food for us which is wonderful but you can also use it to get grocery essentials you need with DoorDash right drinks snacks other household items and just this morning I used DoorDash to send some donuts to my friend as like a birthday present because they do gifts now too it's really incredible and it made my friend very happy Ordering is easy. You open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want it, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code SCHMANNERSPOD, all one word. That's 25% off, up to a $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code SCHMANNERSPOD. Subject to change. Terms apply. We also want to say thank you to Imperfect Foods. What if getting your favorite groceries... Put time back into your week instead of taking it away. With the weather getting colder outside, stay cozy inside and let Imperfect Foods deliver you intentionally sourced groceries with just a few clicks. Imperfect Foods is a grocery delivery service offering an entire line of sustainable groceries that taste delicious and reduced waste. Visit imperfectfoods.com to see if they deliver in your area. Once you sign up, you can personalize your weekly grocery order with fresh seasonal produce, pantry stables, and yummy snacks. Plus, say goodbye to packaging guilt. Imperfect Foods is the only national grocery delivery company that makes it easy to return your packaging after every order. Right now, Imperfect Foods is offering our listeners 20% off your first four orders when you go to imperfectfoods.com and use promo code SCHMANNERS. Again, 20% off your first four orders. That's up to an $80 value at imperfectfoods.com. Offer code when you use promo code SCHMANNERS. Imperfectfoods.com and use promo code SCHMANNERS.
1: Look, it's a rough world out there, especially lately. I get it. So let's take care of our minds as best we can.
0: I'm John Moe, host of Depression Mode with John Moe. Every week, I talk with comedians, actors, writers, musicians, doctors, therapists, and everyday folks about the obstacles that our world and our brains throw in front of us. Depression, anxiety, traumatic stress, all those mental health challenges that are way more common and more treatable than you might think. The first time I went to therapy, I was so ashamed. And I was like, can't believe I got to go into therapy. Like, I thought I could be a man. And Humphrey Bogart was never in therapy. And then my dad said, yeah, but he smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. Give your mind a break. Give yourself a break. And join me for Depression Mode with John Moe. Okay, what often happens?
1: Well, Maria was doing very well at ballet school not so great at regular school.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, you know, sometimes you just got to chase your passions.
1: Well, and here's the thing in her biography, autobiography, she talks about it was because she was bored. She yeah. was so smart yeah. and so bored. So I made
0: the joke the other day oh, where I uh, to BB we were talking about like things people say in school all the time. I said, you know, my teachers always used to tell me, "Travis, what are you doing? <laughs> Sit back down." <laughs> and then like days later this morning people was like hey why did your parents why did your teachers always say to you Travis what are you doing sit down I was like oh because uh, I was bored all the time and I would just get up from my desk and walk around
1: uh, and so like parents do they moved to a different place uh, they moved to Beverly Hills mm. so that they could enroll her in a better school school was better uh, kids though not better still racist
0: well yep
1: yeah, she described it as a pa- a time of painful discrimination, where children would tease her about her heritage. Ugh, not cool, you guys. Um, this is where she began going by the name Tall Chief as one word instead of the original two words, uh, in order to make it sound a little more Eurocentric. Okay. Yeah, I mean um, that
0: sucks, but
1: absolutely, I'm glad
0: she didn't. I mean. Uh, not that it's up to me but that she didn't just like straight up change it cuz it was Elizabeth Maria Tallchief right and then she went by it Maria It was
1: Elizabeth Marie Tallchief Tall Chief.
0: and then she went by Maria Tallchief.
1: Yeah. There you you'll see why. Okay. When she was 12 years old, she met Bronislava Nijinska.
0: Okay, got it.
1: Nijinska was a legend at the time in the ballet. Cuz named... she was a dragon. No. She oh. was a Polish dancer.
0: Oh, okay. So, not like a legend in the sense I was thinking of, ah, the legend of the ballet dancing dragon. No. But, okay.
1: Um, and, and an innovative choreographer. Uh, Tall Chief recalled that Nijinska was a personification of what ballet was all about. I looked at her and knew this is what I wanted to do.
0: Do you think anyone's ever felt that way about me? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I was being uh a little facetious, but No, you've okay. done
1: talks and stuff at like schools.
0: Yeah. Oh, so you mean about podcasts. Not like other things. Oh n- no n- I mean okay.
1: if only you would let them in.
0: Well, I'm just afraid to let people see me garden. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. So Tall Chief uh followed Najinska to her own studio and was uh, you know, superb yeah. at all of it. Um and it's always
0: nice when you find a, a great teacher that engages you in the right way, like where it's, you know, there are different styles to everything, right? And, like, just because one style doesn't mesh with someone doesn't mean they're not a good teacher or a good student in both ways. But when you get somebody who is very talented, like it sounds like Maria was, mm-hmm. and a teacher that, like, the student vibes with and the student, the teacher vibes with, you know what I mean? Where yeah. it's just like, oh, this is... This is an establishing connection, right? That's going to directly improve both of their lives. That is just, it makes me very happy. Biopic, right? Uh Uh-huh.
1: And there were ups and downs to their relationship. Sure. But when uh, Tall Chief graduated from high school in 1942, she was like, let's do college. Let's do this. But her dad... Oh. It was like, I have paid for your lessons all your life. It's time for you to get a job.
0: <laughs> okay. Whew. All right.
1: I feel like that's kind of the opposite of things that like in our lifetime, people said we were like really good at stuff, like our extracurriculars and our parents said, but you got to go to college. Yeah. But
0: 1942, man, that was a different way of looking at college. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like It wasn't the like, if you don't go to college, you can't get a job way um and probably also let's be fair she would have gone to college and continued dancing in college probably would have gone for an arts degree at which point, you're like just go dance in Um,
1: 1942
0: i'm not saying now don't go to college
1: right if you want to go to college you should go but if you don't yeah. Trades are cool. Jobs are awesome.
0: Trades and, are cool. And, you know, most arts, I've never gone in for an audition or a live show and had them go, yeah, great. Can I see your diploma?
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you don't have to put your GPA on your resume.
0: No. Unless you really want to and then not get the job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So she did. She went out, tried to get some jobs. She was actually... In an MGM musical presenting Lily Mars, which starred Judy Garland. (gasps) She was a a dancer in that, but it really, Hollywood was not for her. Um, She decided to go east. To New York? To New
0: York. New York City? Right. The Great White Way, Broadway, they call it. The uh, City of Lights, the Big Snapple.
1: I think some of those are right. All of them. Okay. Uh, and immediately looked up Sergei Denham, which is the director of the Ballet Russe de Monte Carlo. Well,
0: we all we all knew that. That's just common. Knowledge. You didn't even have to say it. Like you said the name and everybody was like, oh, yeah, that guy.
1: She was a great dancer. And they told her she was a great dancer. But the thing that they really liked about Maria is she had a passport.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right.
1: Because a lot of the Russian dancers in the company lacked passports. And so they couldn't go on the Canadian tour that had been planned. Uh, So she was working with them because she could cross borders. Mm -hmm. She was offered a place along with a $40 a week salary, uh, which in 1942 was awesome. Here in 2021, that's about $678 a week. Not bad. Yeah. Not good. bad. Okay. Not bad for a seventeen-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So there were lots of of trials and tribulations sure. of you know being relegated to the to the chorus, then slowly making her way up.
0: Biopic stuff. You can just say biopic stuff. Biopic stuff. Yeah. Bionic stuff.
1: Right, and so. <laughs>
0: You kind of agreed to it and then thought like.
1: <laughs> wait, why? Oh,
0: wait, did you say bionic?
1: Why did I do that? Anyway, um, this is where her name changed. And it was actually suggested, like you said, to change the whole thing. To make it actually sound more Russian. Mm. Because at the time.
0: Russia was where it was at. Exactly. For ballet. For ballet. Yeah.
1: So it was suggested maybe Tolchiva. Mm. mm? But no. No. She was very proud of her heritage. Um, and so she compromised by changing her name to Maria, right? Uh-oh. Which, again, popular name. Sure. At their first two months within the Ballet Russe de Monte Carlo, she was in seven different ballets.
0: It's a lot. Yeah. More than I've been in.
1: That is a lot. She regularly took classes at the School of American Ballet. Um, she did the tours. She, you know, was... Uh, Known for her work ethic and professionalism, but still, you know, like at school, racism plagued her life. Yeah, The Russian dancers in her company made her life very difficult because not only was uh, she indigenous of indigenous heritage, but also she wasn't Russian. Yeah. And like we said, I mean, we just talked about it. Like Russia was where it was at. Yeah. So, here comes her big break, <gasps> 1942. Um, so still, there's a lot happening
0: in 1942. 1942 okay. yes. Uh,
1: the prima ballerina in the company who was um, Krasovska, I hope that's right, was kind of a diva and walked No out. way, what? <laughs> and Maria was her understudy, so Maria got to go on and she- Destroyed. Destroyed it. It nice. was awesome. And she got a slew of positive reviews for her role. Excellent!
0: I'm fia- oh, I'm, we're on the up. Well, we're on the upswing. Oh, yep. the big break! I love this point yep. in the movie. Yes,
1: totally on the upswing. She was, uh, you know, being a soloist. She got a lead and a in lots of different ones.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and so, in the spring of nineteen forty-four, she met choreographer George Balanchine. Okay, you've heard of this. No. No. All right. I'm so sorry. So, you looked
0: at me with such like, right? It's about to click for you, and you're gonna go, Oh, I I made the noise for Judy Garland. Didn't that count? You did. You okay. did. Good
1: job. If you if you know dance, Balanchine is a is a big dude. Okay. Um, and so and he pretty much fell in love with her sure. dancing, right? Fell in love with mm. her dancing. Uh-huh. She became sort of what yeah, muse. Yeah. Um and Then he proposed. Okay, so when you say fell in love with her dancing. Okay, well, they didn't really know each other, right? Sure. He proposed to her and she said, but George, I'm not sure I love you. I feel I hardly know you, Yeah. right? Um, Because he was like, we'll be great together. Let's get married and then we'll get to know each other. So
0: very literally like something out of like a biopic stuff of like, but that doesn't matter, my dear. We'll get to know each other, but think of the beautiful works we could create together.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That was... I don't um, know if that's
0: what he sounded like.
1: <laughs> Probably not. Uh, this August 16th, 1946, she was 21 and he was 42. Ooh. Her parents, not into it. Yeah. I get that. Um. So her her mother in particular was furious. And I can understand why. Like, I mean... Maria has kind of like built this whole career yes. and what usually happens when ladies get married is it becomes about the dude and, you know. Uh,
0: especially at this time, right, where you're going to get the pregnancy push really hard. And, right. Uh, especially at this time. But even now, if you are in an arts career, mm-hmm. that uh, pregnancy can massively derail that. Just exactly. where Suddenly people, you know, you have to take some time off. You know, for maternity and unfortunately, societally, that will push you out of people's minds, and then coming back in is way harder.
1: Um, and George won her over. Um, she did did feel like she was falling in love with him. So, yay. Right? Sure. Yay for that. Yeah. Um, and after they honeymooned. It's
0: amazing. This person I did not know anything about 27 minutes ago, I'm now feeling very protective of.
1: <laughs> I know. It's so nice. Okay. Uh, they honeymooned and went straight back to work. She talked very fondly of Balanchine, uh, both professionally and personally, describing him as a warm, affectionate, loving husband. Uh, they would annul their marriage in 1952, uh, but they stayed on good terms with each other for the rest of their lives. And, of, of course, they made history in the ballet world, which was Which was kind of the point, right? Mm -hmm. I love your work. Let's get married.
0: Okay. So now I want to get to where she's like so established because one of the things I saw about her is not only was she this prima ballerina, but she is considered like America's first prima ballerina. Is that because everybody else was like from Russia and Russia was the superstars and here comes this like American woman who's just like, no, 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 we can do it too.
1: I mean, yeah, kind of.
0: She's so cool.
1: Even though the media was racist yeah. <laughs> about her, um, her uh, most famous role was actually back at the New York City Ballet. Um, Balanchine choreographed a dance called The Firebird. Okay. Um, and her. It's all
0: about that cool car.
1: Her appearance oh. was electrifying. Oh. Quote, emerging as the nearest approximation to a prima ballerina that we had yet enjoyed. Right. Uh Uh-huh. So this was in New York. That was from the New York Times. And she, quote, did everything except spin on her head.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Wow. What a review. Okay.
1: Um, She also was the original uh, sugar plum fairy in The Nutcracker. Okay. Which is great. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, after they separated, um, and she continued to break career barrier after career barrier, um, shortly before the birth of her first child with, with her next husband, uh, affectionately called Buzz, she became the first American dancer to perform at the Bolshoi. Okay. Um, and this time... When she returned to the Ballet Russe to Monte Carlo in 1954 and 55, she made $2,000 a week. Wow. Yeah, so add a zero, and that's how much it would be in, the, in today's money.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: She was on the Ed Sullivan Show. She was in a movie musical. She danced throughout Europe, South America, Japan, Russia, and all over the U.S., she retired in 1966 and moved to Chicago to raise her right, daughter. After 24 years? Yeah.
0: Wow, that's a really long career for someone in the arts, especially in dance.
1: Absolutely. Well, Whew. because the toll it takes on your body. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, like I said, retired to Chicago to be with her new husband, Buzz, and to raise her daughter. Um in 1974 she founded the Lyric Opera Ballet School and uh she and her sister went on to found the Chicago City Ballet in 1981.
0: Wow. I think this person is very cool.
1: Yes, <laughs> a true artist I would say. Yeah. Um, She also fought against Native American stereotypes every chance she could, obviously, Um, and she spoke out against misconceptions and harmful imagery and was involved with the America for Indian Opportunity and was a director of the Indian Council Fire Achievement Award. She is counted as one of the five Native American ballet dancers born from Oklahoma in the 1920s. like. Big figure. Okay. She paved the way for non-traditional ballerinas. She broke stigmas and even was hailed as one of the most brilliant ballerinas of the 20th century.
0: Now, I'm just going to guess, right? But eventually, she died?
1: Eventually. Okay. In 2013, she passed away from complications from a broken hip. Um second,
0: I thought you were going to say broken heart. Okay, aw, broken hip. No. Okay.
1: no, but I mean all you have to do is like look at her countless awards yeah she received a Kennedy Center Honor for Lifetime Achievements in 1996. She was inducted into the Women's National Women's Hall of Fame and was named Woman of the Year twice by the Washington Press Club, awarded the American National Medal of Arts by the National Endowment of the Arts, received Chicago History Museum's Making History Award for Distinction in the Performing Arts. I mean, it just, it's... Goes the on. The list on. goes on and on. So... I think that other than the the beautiful dancing, Maria Tallchief left us with a legacy of, like, class and elegance and ethnic pride, right? Yeah, and
0: also being able to, like, shed whatever preconceptions of, like, where art comes from and where artists come from and what the artist is supposed to look like, right? That's amazing.
1: She talks about her roots um, in her her autobiography, um, saying... I think it is an innate quality that Indians have to dance. They dance when they are happy. They dance when they are sad. They dance when they get married. They dance when someone dies. Above all, I wanted to be appreciated as a prima ballerina who happened to be a a Native American, never as someone who was an American Indian ballerina. I got goosebumps. Yeah,
0: I think she sounds super cool, and I'm very glad that you brought her. I thank you very much, uh, Teresa, for presenting the episode. Thank you, Alex, to Alex. Yeah, our researcher, without whom we would not be able to make the show. Thank you to Rachel, our editor, without whom we would not be able to make this show. Also, if you enjoyed this show, make sure you check out all the other amazing MaximumFun.org shows. That is our podcast home. If you want to check out other McElroy projects, you can go to McElroy.Family. They are all there. If you are interested in history but also looking for maybe a little bit spooky and weird stuff, go check out Chasing Immortality, a podcast that I executive produce, all about people throughout history who have tried to cheat death in a myriad of ways. Oh, if you are interested in maybe picking up some cool stuff, you can go to macroymerch.com what else do we always say Teresa
1: we always thank Brent Brentlefloss Black for writing our theme music which is uh, available as a ringtone where those are found also thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art that's at Schmannerscast where we get our questions when we um, ask for them from you
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yes, nailed it no notes
1: And thank you to Bruja Betty Pennant Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook page, uh, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group.
0: And that's going to do it for us. Uh, So join us again next week.
1: No RSVP required.
0: You've been listening to Schmanners.
1: Schmanners Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. You're in the theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she stand up to her? Oh, good God. Do I need to stand up to my own mother? We never know when we'll see ourselves in a movie, but that search for recognition is exactly what we're going to talk about on the podcast Feeling Seen with me, Jordan Cruciola. Each episode we'll bring in a guest to talk about the films that they see themselves in and also the ways that movies have fallen short. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Seen podcast here on Maximum Fun or wherever you find your podcasts.